Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
this afternoon on the polls, uh, we are putting the spotlight on the new patriotic party's presidential uh, primaries, uh, which is set to hold in less than 24 hours. Uh, stay with us here on the polls as we engage uh, leadership of the governing new patriotic party on preparations ahead uh, of that exercise. And 24 hours after uh, the health uh, minister has ordered the immediate reopening of the Kolobu Teaching Hospital's renal dialysis unit uh, to outpatients. The facility remains uh, closed. We'll hear from leadership of the Renal Patients Association on the way forward. And later in the bulletin as well, uh, having lost bitterly to their arch-rivals in the 2023 finals of the National Science and Maths Quiz, uh, the outgoing members of the Echimota School Science and Masquis uh, team are promising uh, the school will bounce back in 2024 to clinch the Coveta Trophy. Sit back and then study the contest and then see what worked for us, what didn't work, see how we can improve upon ourselves and we'll come back, surely we'll come back better next year. I'm not scared of physique. These are more coming away here on the polls, uh, brought to you by Global Communities, Dignin, Lua, Affordable, Safe Sanitation. We're on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125. This is the polls. We'll bring you details shortly. I'm Lester Zogan. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for joining us. In less than 24 hours, the governing New Patriotic Party will be heading to the polls in search of a formidable candidate to help the party break uh, the eight-year political cycle in the upcoming 2024 general elections. Over 200,000 delegates are expected to cast their uh, votes in this uh, exercise. General Secretary of the New Patriotic Party, Justin Kodia Frimpol, says that the New Patriotic Party, uh, who have faced disciplinary uh, actions uh, in terms of membership leading to the suspension are uh, ineligible to participate in this exercise. In Article 3.7 of our party constitution, it states a member may be suspended from membership of the party or holding any office in the party pending an inquiry into his or a conduct by a disciplinary committee. Per our party constitution, what this presupposes is that a person can be suspended before appearing before a disciplinary committee or when a disciplinary committee um, would, would have been initiated. But as a rule, and in line with the rule of law, there is what we refer to as presumption of innocence until a matter is determined. So whereby a person has been suspended under this provision and has not gone through this married committee, and the disciplinary committee has not come out with their verdict and recommended their verdict to the constituency executive, such person will vote. Please, let's take note of it. Where a person has been suspended, 
proud to appearing before the scenario committee or is before the scenario committee but the matter has not come to finality such person will vote however where the person has gone through this very committee and the disciplinary committee has come out with its recommendations and has submitted same to the constituency executive committee and sanctions or suspension applied to the person the person shall not be entitled to vote but however also under conditional amnesty the constituency executive can look at the merit of their case and pardon such people to vote the updates coming through from the general secretary of the party justin kodia from paul and just as you see to the side uh, of our screens right now uh, you see there uh, that uh, some votes are beginning to trickle in already with vice president dr mahmoud obamia uh, garnering some uh, 70 7.04 percent of of the votes that we're talking about and that has got to do with delegates voting uh, in the U.S., uh, the vice president taking an early lead there. No one knows if uh, that will translate into tomorrow's exercise. Uh, but all is set for the party with these four individuals going into the race. Uh, joining us now is a member of our research desk, Isaac Kofiache, uh, who's been looking at all the candidates, uh, their prospects, and uh, some of the um, you know, uh, data that we've seen already going into the exercise. So uh, let, let's talk about that then, um, yeah. looking at, first of all, the individuals that we've seen. Um, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Obamia, Kennedy Ohine Chepong, uh, Dr. Kotofriye Nadainimo uh, there on, on the list. That The uh, sample that we, we have, you mm-hmm. know, from the NPP uh, USA delegates yeah. and comparing that, for instance, uh, the projections being made by Global Info Analytics on the outcome of the exercise. What's that suggesting to us? Well, it is important to explain that the um, results you see there as a squeeze bar is actually what is coming from the U.S. delegates. There are about 411 delegates. Yesterday, they voted. Uh, 277 of them voted. And you can see the results on your screens. But we have to explain that this U.S. delegate that we are talking about, they have 12 votes. And so this is like the way the entire body, they have voted. And they are telling you that the 12 votes give 77% to Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, 22% to um, um, Kennedy Japan, yeah. and the rest to um, Adainimo and then um, Efriya Kutu. So in essence, we are talking about some nine votes yeah. for... Um, you know, Vice President Baumia and some three votes or so for, 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 you know, uh, Kennedy and Japan. So that is the interpretation of what you see on your screens. But tomorrow is going to be an interesting day because we are looking at more than uh, 204,000 delegates uh, who will be voting. We are talking about the profile of the candidates. First is um, Kennedy Ohine Japan, uh, who surprisingly, when we all thought could, would place third in the superdelegate Congress, went ahead to place second. And we saw the frustration and all of those agitations in the superdelegates. He is a force to reckon with when it comes to this uh, main delegate conference that we are about to have tomorrow. Second is Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. This will be his first internal party election. He's been on the MPP ticket as vice president since 2008, but this is the first time he's tasting real 
um, you know, internal elections. Yeah. He's been there. He won the superdelegate with more than 68%. There's also Adainimo and Efria Koto who's, who's, who are saying that, you know, if you look at all the polls, they are not in their favor, but they know the work that they've done and they know come, you know, fourth, um, you know, in November, mm. they will have significant portion of the vote. Although all the polls are uh, pointing out to the fact that probably they may not be able to even get 2% or 3% combined. But uh, and, and, I mean, that, that's very shocking, though, uh, looking at the individuals involved yeah. here. Um, you have the former Greek minister, mm -hmm. uh, a staunch member of the party. Yeah. Uh, by dissent, I mean, he can go all out to claim this is my party Absolutely. because of what your, uh, his father has done uh, by, you know, setting up this whole uh, political establishment that forms uh, a key portion of the NPP's tradition. Uh, then you have Adainimo also in the race, He's been and, yet, and yet he doesn't cross the double digit. What, exactly. what appears to be a In fact, if that? you look at all of the candidates that we are talking about, Adainimo is the only one who has track record. Track record in terms of contesting this kind of you know, um, elections. He was there in 2014. In fact, he was part of the candidate that made it to the top five. And even when they made it to the top five, we had about two people dropping. Adainimo was the only one amongst probably the underdog who decided to contest and have four. If you talk about all the people on the ballot in terms of seniority and who has been on the ballot before, then we will say that Adainimo has tested this kind of election before. He's been there, so he knows the way the nooks and crannies of such elections. Mm. But you have very formidable opponent, opponents like yeah. the vice president, who many are saying that it's a done deal for him tomorrow. Mm. But some are also saying that, come on, don't close your eyes on Kennedy Japan yet, because indeed, he can the, pull a surprise. The reason for which uh, many speculate mm. that that might be, you know, a, a walking a tightrope for the, for the vice yeah. president is simply because of uh, the 33% plus of the yeah. voter population who are not um, fully decided yet exactly. on, on where they exactly. want to vote. And we're going by the global info Global analytics. analytics. Um, yeah. You know, research that we've done, and this is in partnership with, with the Joy News team. Uh, so we've been looking at the figures, breaking them down, and all you see is that, yes, he has a significant majority, but as to whether or not that will give him an, an outright okay. victory, because okay. mind you, you need 50% plus mm -hmm. one of the votes mm -hmm. uh, to, to be declared winner. That is in question. Yeah. In fact, in statistics, we cannot sample the entire population, so we use a sample to determine how the population feels or the direction of the population. And if we are supposed to map the outcome of the global info analytics, um, you know, research to the number of delegates we have, then mm. that 32% who are currently undecided or have decided not to disclose their vote, we are talking about over 65,000 delegates. That's a huge number. Yeah. And they are the ones probably going to you know, determine who gets that 50% plus one. Because already, for you to be able to declare who you vote for on phone in the poll tells you that you have taken a stand. I see. So we have about 44% uh, of the delegates saying they'll vote for the vice president. 23% say they'll vote for Kennedy Japan. If you look at that versus the 32% who are currently undecided, it makes a very big difference mm. because we are talking about Alan Tremantin, who has currently left the party. But before he left from 2007 to 2014, 
he had some faithful followers averaging around 9,290 followers who will religiously vote for Alan Chamantin anytime he is on the ballot in the presidential primaries. Now he's gone. Who is actually going to um, you know, benefit uh, from this over 9,000 delegates that mm-hmm. Alan Germantin used to have? Okay. Uh, uh, and that's the crucial question yeah. we're asking. Uh, Isaac Ophiaje with our uh, research desk uh, looking at the figures for us while we also do this build-up to the NPP's presidential primaries, uh, which is uh, live on the Joy News channel for you. Uh, this is your election headquarters, and that's partly... Brought to you by Petrosol. Don't forget that uh, we're doing this uh, and bringing you all of the coverage because of their support. And you might want to, uh, of course, stay on uh, right through to from today all through throughout. Uh, yes. And you know, uh, the, probably the, the Sunday. tomorrow and yeah, Sunday, Sunday, of course, yeah. because we never know yeah. uh, what may happen even after the elections. Because that's a crucial uh, moment uh, for the governing New Patriotic Party in the Ashanti region. Uh, already. Uh, we know that the Regional Security Council has uh, actually banned the deployment of heavy uh, armed men, private militia groups that may be seeking to guard the polling uh, ahead of tomorrow's exercise. And Nanay al has more for us. Uh, he has uh, reported on that here at SF. Ashanti region has the second largest number of delegates in the NPP presidential primary with 39,987 delegates Two of the four aspirants traced their roots to the region. Former Minister for Agriculture, Dr. Osofi Yakuto, and former MP for Mampong constituency, Francis Adenimo. And I call upon the delegates to consider these visions that I'm sharing with you, both for the party and the nation, and compare it with my competitors who also want to bear the flag, to see for yourselves, not to be, dis- to be distracted by money because how much money can anybody give you so it's an open field depending on how you reach out i come from the region i'm a pure ashanti by birth both parents of mine come from here so i'm a pure ashanti by birth i'm also a northerner by education because i studied at navrungo uh, secondary for five years and that is how i've been able to rise in my educational career vice president Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya had a commanding victory in the Superdelegates Conference in the Ashanti region, polling 97 of the 119 votes. Some identifiable groups of the New Patriotic Party at the KJTR and Racecourse Markets have made an appeal to delegates to repeat the gesture made the Vice President in the Superdelegates Congress. Dr. Baumia was very instrumental in Ekufado's tenure. It's obvious that he understands government better than the others. We urge the delegate to vote for him on Saturday. As traders, we interact a lot with our customers, and they all say Dr. Baumia is the right person. We urge them to vote him. (laughs) 
or my Ghana, any Ashanti region. Another contender, Ken Ejapon, seems to be making gains in the region. The release by the Ashanti region Rexec on the election is signed by Minister Simon Osemensa. The statement barred bodyguards of ministers and other government appointees from the inner perimeter. They are also not expected to carry any weapons to the premises. Motorbikes, which are mostly used in perpetrating violence, are not allowed in and around the premises for the election. To prevent taking of photos of ballots, delegates are not to carry their phones to the inner premises of the polling stations. Persons with intent of wearing T-shirts or items with pictures and signage of any aspirants are cautioned to exercise restraint. Only staff of the Electoral Commission, accredited polling agents of aspirants and delegates voting are allowed within the inner perimeter of the premises. All delegates are further advised against staying at the polling stations after casting their ballots. Though Rexec is expecting all delegates to strictly adhere to the directives, they have given the security agencies the mandate to deal with any person who flouts the directives, mainly in the Ashanti region, which remains the stronghold of the new patriotic party, are highly expectant of the results of the presidential primary. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima reporting. Okay, a lot more is happening um, in the next uh, 24 hours. We're expecting polling uh, to open across the country. Uh, let's see if there's any more directives from the governing New Patriotic Party on this. Uh, Director of Communications, uh, Richard Ahiangwa, is joining us via phone now. Thank you uh, for spending some time with us here on uh, the polls. And already some votes are trickling in. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, in the lead up to uh, the opening of polls tomorrow, if there's any updated form of directive to party members, delegates, or, uh, you know, the, the general public who might be interested uh, in your activities tomorrow. Uh, thank you. Um, I think that you, your cameras were with us yesterday at the press conference, and you have carried the press conference and reported on it as well. So um, I would want to say that the directives that were given yesterday still stand. Uh, there hasn't been any changes at all. Uh, where we stand yesterday is where we are. And the party uh, is quite ready now. Um, preparations are still ongoing, but in terms of framework, uh, everything has been put in place, and we're just uh, putting a finishing touches to the fiscal arrangements that will facilitate uh, the process uh, tomorrow for people to vote peacefully uh, so we can uh, elect our leader by close of day. Uh, and we, I mean, looking at the directive, it appears that um, polling may close early. What's accounting for that? Well, uh, you know, this is constituency by constituency. And as you would uh, expect, the numbers are small. Um, I think the highest yet would be somewhere maybe a little over a thousand uh, delegates voting. Um, and so between seven, when the polls are opening exactly at seven, uh, we anticipate that uh, uh, within a couple of hours that, that process will terminate and then uh, counting will be done. The strategy, or more than not a strategy, but the idea uh, really is that to ensure that nothing goes beyond uh, daylight, that we'll be able to get all the votes in, count them, and uh, collate. Uh, transmit the results before it's dark. 
So it is a question of uh, us trying to put ourselves to efficient operation tomorrow to make sure that. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Able to finish before it starts. Um, so, I mean, uh, my view is given what we have done in our constituency elections, if nothing goes wrong, uh, we should be able to get uh, the polls closed by uh, 2 p.m. or latest by 3, and counting should probably be done. Uh, it's a question of efficiency um, uh, that we are trying to get this thing done as quickly as we can. Uh, I see. Uh, the ultimate aim is to have, you know, uh, utmost security, have security presence all across the country, given the fact that you're spreading this uh, across constituencies. Uh, what are the security arrangements? Are you handing everything over solely to the Ghana Police Service? Because the, the party might have its own uh, internal security structures. Um, yes, uh, as, as you would have heard yesterday, um, the party, um, uh, according to the General Secretary's statement yesterday, was very clear indicating that security is entirely the police's jurisdiction, and so the party would not augment that by any internal arrangement, so the police will supervise uh, uh, the security of the polls across the country. Um, so the police will be working very closely with the Electoral Commission to manage the process. We, as a party, delegate well, our business is just go there, get a ballot, um, and then vote, and that's it. Uh, the process is completely going to be managed by the EC and the police service. There isn't anything that we as a party will do apart from showing up and voting. 
there was lots of con- uh, you know, controversy surrounding who could serve as a polling agent in the exercise. Uh, the, the controversy surrounding government officials um, you know, opting to be a part of the exercise and being agents for some of the candidates. Have you cleared them now? Well, that, that issue has been cleared. The presidential election, uh, election committee has taken a position on that matter. It's no longer an issue. Um, it was uh, uh, one thing that whilst it's not constitutionally uh, required to, you know, to preclude people from, because you can have anybody be your, your agent. But then well, in the interest of uh, building consensus, I think that the aspirants have uh, agreed not to allow that to be the case. So the, the, electoral, sorry, the presidential electoral committee has taken a decision on that. And I think that uh, there is, that isn't a problem now for anybody to worry about. I can tell you uh, with all confidence that where we are, and, and judging from the uh, interaction from yesterday with the aspirants, uh, there is uh, good spirit in the party. The party is um, united from that meeting yesterday with all the aspirants signing on to that undertaking uh, to say that whatever the outcome, they will embrace it, and they will work with the eventual winner. One of them will win. And whoever that person is will lead us into the elections. And the three other contestants with him uh, would rally with us, the party, to go deliver victory uh, in December. So right now, uh, right now the party is poised. And I think that we are uh, very focused and knowing exactly what this is about tomorrow. It's about us choosing one of us to lead us. And it's not, it's not a battle that we are willing uh, to break uh, ourselves apart over. So uh, if, if you had any um, sense of uh, challenge or problems in the party, I tell you from the meeting yesterday, uh, the party is resolved to move forward. Our focus now is clearly laid on the elections in 2024. We're united to prosecute that uh, uh, election. The, the concern also about party unity uh, beyond the exercise tomorrow. Uh, indeed, there's a moral situation. All candidates have declared, have signed uh, a, a peace accord. Um, mm. The grassroots will decide if you remain united, isn't it? Because, because they'll be voting. Well, clearly, as a party member, I have a, there's a constitution that regulates our behavior. And so if the party is going in a certain direction... I, as a party member, cannot decide or, uh, you know, hold the party ransom that I will not unite uh, behind the party agenda. That will be going contrary to the party constitution, and that individual or those individuals will be sanctioned. Um, so what is key, normally, because of those uh, who have contested the pain of leaving and the challenges with that, we all know as humans those things can come to the fore, but with them, uh, resolutely uh, agreeing that they would work with whoever wins and they will accept the outcome of that election. The people who support them uh, will certainly will have to move in the direction they are going. So um, they, that is one level of the unity which is being secured, that they would rally behind the individuals they are supporting to rally behind the party. And the second layer is that as a party member, you are required to support the party, defend and promote the goodness of the party. So by that, there's an obligation on me as a party member, regardless of who I supported, the person won or lost, 
I cannot uh, say that I wouldn't uh, work or promote the party's interest because my candidate lost. That will be me uh, setting myself up for discipline, and I, I think that such people will be disciplined. And in fact, the chairman yesterday saying that working with steering committee, they will take a very strong view of indiscipline in the party, uh, you know, from Saturday onward. And anybody who will take that uh, uh, rather unhelpful position uh, will be appropriately sanctioned. Okay. Uh, Richard, we wish you all the best, uh, hoping that, of course, I will catch up with you tomorrow when the exercise starts proper. Well, I wish you also the best. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Um, Isaac is still with us, uh, still coming through the figures, uh, obviously, and looking at some of the dynamics that we ought to be looking at. We're not talking about the women the more um, in terms of, you know, the dynamics of this and, and the kind of role they'll be playing, uh, looking at the numbers. So, uh, well, if you look at the, the uh, Ashanti region figures are quite interesting. Uh, we have about about 35,000 people will be voting from the Ashanti region. And then also we have over 39,000 from the Greater Accra region. So from Greater Accra region to Ashanti region to the Eastern region. But we're talking about women, right? <laughs> women, right? Precisely. Yeah, in fact, their role will be important mm-hmm. because you heard the interview and the report that Nana Yaojima actually right. brought. Yeah. The, their fellow the side of the story and, and who they are wishing for. Yes. And, and in fact, if you, if you do the breakdown of the global info analytics um, research, yes. you see that they spoke to more men uh, than women. It's, it's, it's not very natural. Very natural, mm-hmm. but they also play an important role in deciding who will be the next candidate of the new patriotic party. But if you do the you, you split the country into two, the northern and the southern votes. Then you realize that Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, per the, per the, you know, uh, the, the poll, is actually almost winning all the, the votes from the region, about 90%. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, 10%. The two of them, um, you know, vice president is leading, but followed keenly or closely right. uh, by Kenny Japan mm-hmm. all around 30%. Yeah. Interesting dynamics you see mm-hmm. in the breakdown. Okay, well, we'll see how all that will, will play out. Uh, earlier I was saying it's natural that, uh, you know, more men will be interviewed, but uh, ideally we're hoping to see uh, more and more women participate in this exercise, giving, you know, uh, the frameworks of affirmative action and others uh, aimed at empowering uh, more women uh, to participate in governance. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. This is your election headquarters. Expect that um, join you, so definitely uh, give you a 360 view of what's going to be happening uh, tomorrow. But we're starting that uh, lead up to the exercise right from tonight. Uh, the team from the political desk will be holding um, the election eve analysis uh, uh, led by the head of our political desk, Evans uh, who will be uh, in studio w- with other colleagues to break down the figures for you and the dynamics going into the uh, election. But uh, just as you see there, uh, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Obamia topping the list in terms of the NPP USA uh, results with over 77% of the votes. We wait to see uh, as uh, more and more of the figures trickling uh, in the next 24 hours. And now to health.
that there were concerns that Kolibu raised at least we're waiting for that statement to find out the details of the opening but let me find out first is it taking immediate effect the opening yes. of the renal dialysis unit yes, from the directive of the honorable minister supposed to take immediate effect and the, the, the chief executive will know who has also assured that he will work for us that we hope that he will take uh, consideration consider the directive of the honorable minister and take the opening seriously but listen to the CEO, he's more than willing to open, but the debt, outstanding debt, the 4 million CDs debt, is the main concern, plus the cost of consumables subsequently. Has that all been sorted, you'd say? Yes, as part of their discussion, of which I, I know, the Honorable Minister has addressed a number of issues regarding the outstanding and then the differences that will come after. And so, they've spoken about it, and it's had a stupidous uh, discussion. A lot of the bank and we that that's the that was the uh, PRO of the Ministry of Health, Isaac Barfe, assuring that uh, the renal dialysis unit of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital will be operational. Uh, and, of course, that will be open to outpatient. Uh, but 24 hours after these assurances were given, uh, the outpatient department remains closed. Yesterday, uh, there was a bipartisan call in Parliament uh, for the facility to be open. Parliament as a whole should be deeply concerned about the persistent closure of the renal unit outpatient department at Kolebu Teaching Hospital. This situation has far-reaching implications for the well-being of dialysis patients in Ghana and raises serious questions about the commitment of government to transparency and accountability in our healthcare institutions. In the initial case of the facilities closure was attributed to scarcity of essential medical consumables required for dialysis. When dialysis medical consumables were finally procured, the service saw an unprecedented increase in fees from 380 Ghana cities to 765.42. The Minister of Health and the hospital administration must, as a matter of priority, address this situation. The denial of essential healthcare services is a severe violation of patients' rights and a breach of public trust. We implore the government to work diligently with the hospital to, re- to rectify this situation and uphold its commitment to providing accessible and affordable healthcare service to all citizens. The paramount objective must be the prompt reopening of the renal unit outpatient department and the provision of essential subsidies to ensure that healthcare services are accessible and affordable for all citizens. I fully associate myself with the call for the minister to be programmed to appear. That is something we cannot compromise on. He must appear. And especially in a matter about the lives of our citizenry, we can't take for granted. It can happen to any of us. And so I'm fully associated with that call. 
it's about the lives of our people. Whatever it takes, he must appear. We must program him to appear and to brief us. Immediately, the Kolebu Rena unit should be open immediately. And there are some other actions that have been taken. That is why I'm emphasizing the call. As we go, we need you to bless this call that the minister should be programmed to come and make this statement formally on the floor of parliament. He can't sit in his ministry and engage the media and make this statement. He must come to the representative of the people and make this statement formally in the house. Uh, that's uh, the majority uh, with uh, Frank Arnaud Dompre there, ranking member on the health uh, committee. Uh, and uh, we know that lots and lots of MPs are equally raising uh, concern about this um, whole situation, about why the OPD is not being uh, open to the uh, renal patients. Joining us in studio now is once more is president of the Renal Patients Association, uh, Kujabafo Ahinkra. He was with me uh, at the start of the week. He's still here simply because there's no update. Um, and, and it's sad. The saddens us uh, here. I join you is that government has not opened the facility in spite of all of the directives that we've heard from uh, uh, from the health ministry. The directives also coming through from, uh, I believe, the uh, presidential spokesperson. There was an assurance. The minister says he's giving the directive to the hospital to open the facility. And yet, it's still not open. Yes. You've checked. Yes. So we are correct. That's not open. To the OPD. The unit itself is working, right. but they are just doing the inpatient and, and the emergencies. But the OPD is still not open right. to us. And for, for those who do not appreciate uh, you know, uh, the issues that we're talking about here, because we raised that um, you know, at the start of the week, for those who might have missed that, how crucial is this to, to your health you know, as renal patients? Thank you. Uh, very crucial. The point is, once you are, you are at the end stage of the kidney dialysis, your only survivor it's on the dialysis machine, or you do a transplant. And this dialysis machine requires you to do three times a week, mm-hmm. a session a week. If you're not able to afford, you do once a week. So now, if you don't get it, you are going to your grave. So it's very crucial and very essential. Mm. So we don't know what is this opening, not opening, you don't... And we are not even hearing anything from them since yesterday. Okay. Even, I was there yesterday, I've been there today. The unit is open, emergencies and ward cases. OPD, zero. Your members are still complaining about this. I, I, I'm just wondering how they're feeling now, knowing that nothing is being done about the situation. How, how, my, my brother, how will you feel? You are left in your own way. I mean, if it is open, you are going fine. But mm. now, so if it is not open, you cannot walk in. I, mean, I don't want to exaggerate. Yeah. I keep saying most of the... OPD cases are now going back to the ward because they are not feeling what They are sick. They are going back to the ward. And I was saying the other time that I came here, all this thing could have solved when the taxes on these consumables have been striped off so that the private dialysis centers can be giving these services to them at a very moderate uh, rate that they can go in there and do. Because now all the pressure is going to be on Kolebu. All the pressure is going to be on Kolebu because the private, private person goes for the goose, he brings it. You don't expect him to do it free. Of charge, the consumables are very expensive. We understand, we've checked, it's very expensive. So, if the taxes are waived off, they can also be supported. What's called a is having challenges. At least, if you have about 200, you can walk to any dialysis center and get your session done and go. And the other day, we're also talking uh, or perhaps exploring the possibility of having 
uh, other health facilities to just open up to have you, you know, more of the dialysis equipment? Yeah, it should be done because like Accra here, I know 37 is doing, police hospital is doing, uh, Kolebu, the main hospital, the other public hospital, I'm not really sure, but those that I'm sure is about um, Kolebu, 37 and police hospital, they are doing it. Now, like I keep saying, most of the people travel all the way from um, Koforidria, Begro, Kibi, and come to Kolebu. So if those regional hospitals are having it, the dialysis machine, it will help. It will bring some of these pressures down. Because one will get up, don't sit in the car all the way from Begro, come to Accra, finish, travel back to, maybe there's one in Kofuria. It will help. So the, other, the facility needs to be open to other centers. How expensive is it now, right? And, and let, let's, let's do that analysis. How expensive is it now affording this dialysis treatment simply because the OPD uh, cases are not being you know, looked after at school? Very expensive. As I'm talking to you now, some of the places that we go, yeah. the information we are gathering, they have increased their prices starting from next month. Really? I'm telling you. Because the, the, now the pressure is coming on these yes, facilities. The pressure is coming well, on yeah. them. And everyone would like to prefer to go to a proper place to get his dialysis. Mm, mm. So now those good ones amongst us, they are now increasing their prices from next month. So you can imagine, already what we are paying, we cannot even pay. Out of this, people are dying. Yesterday, uh, you did a news on one of the guys who died. Yeah. That's nine children. Mm-hmm. I know him very well. We go, we sit down, we chat. He has left his children, nine kids. They are gone. If Kolebu was working, probably he wouldn't die up now. Die by the time that he died. So it's very expensive. It's very, very and it's to our detriment of our health. Mm. You need it to clean your system. system right. You need to clean it. You eat, you drink. Right. It's choked. You have to go and clean it so that you can enjoy life more. Then everybody will die. But for now, this is what we need to do to right. live right. a little bit. So we are begging them. If they say they've reopened the place, they should let us see the action. Because this is about life and death time. Somebody can die today, 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 today. But if he's able to get or be on the machine even for 30 minutes, he will live. can save their lives. Uh, could you, the, the point about what options you're looking at now, simply because government is not yielding, um, for now there's you know, no other option except to use the private facilities. What's the next line of action for, for your group now? Do you intend to pile more pressure? Do you intend to call the health minister, for instance, uh, who's not appearing yet in parliament because of this? That is exactly what we want to do. But one thing is that the strength is not there. Some of us, we are yeah. fortunately, maybe we are able to move out. But the strength is there. Most of the people are either on wheelchair or they need to be assisted to walk. We'll pile the pressure, but we can't force them. We are just pleading to them that... I heard the minority, uh, minority guys. Yes. It can happen to anybody. Now, kidding is no more whether you drink alcohol or you don't drink alcohol. It's, it can happen to anybody to come to this stage. So we are just begging them. We are pleading with them. They should consider us. They should do something about it. Just, just between the start of the week and where we are now, have you made some more attempts at you know, just trying to get some response on this concern. Yes, we've done it, but there's nothing. Like I said yesterday, when the news came, I was going for my lab report at Hollywood. I went there, I went through, and nobody doesn't want to talk. All that they hear that you're also waiting for instructions from above before they can do anything. The instructions they have there, they're supposed to do the ward cases 
and that of the emergency. If they don't have, they cannot do anything. They are just waiting for instruction rubber. Maybe start with the OPD, then they will start. If there's no instruction, as I was even coming to this studio, yeah. I called a friend. He said, oh, still, they've not heard anything. So what are we doing? But what can we do? We can only appeal to the government that we are begging them. They should do something about it. And my brother, you see, if Kolibu is open today, that is not the end of the matter. The Kolibu CEO has made it clear that if they open it at a price of 380, we will need almost like 1 million Ghana cities to, every su- month. to subsidize it to all subsidize every it. month. So what are, all this yeah. have to come in. Even if we want a place to open so that we can start something. But all this will have to come in. So we are just begging them. They should open up the place to us. Mm. And we should have small, we should enjoy life small. It's, it's really sad. Okay. How about, you know, uh, the private facilities meeting them as a group and trying to, you know, appeal to their moral conscience just to beat down the price, you know, as a collective uh, you know, group group of uh, renal patients. Well, how about that? Because I'm trying to, you know, just juggle through my mind the, the kind of options and solutions you might you might be in need of right now. This private dialysis centers. That is where we go. Mm. We are speaking to them and we sat down. We talk to them. Right. What do we do? And they will tell you. Listen, we've gone for the consumables. It's there. I've paid this amount of taxes on it. Maybe I borrowed money right. to pay for those taxes. So what can I do? I need to recruit my money back. That's what they are telling us. Or the government, what the government can also do is that this subsidy they are trying to bring, yes. they have to look at the private place to, or maybe take this, we'll pay this, no more people that okay. will come so, to so, so as in, in terms of a subsidy going to some of these private facilities, those handling the dialysis cases? Yes. yes. So mm-hmm. maybe because, like I keep saying, Kolebu cannot handle the renal cases that we Hello. have, even in Accra, right. not the whole Ghana. Kulibu right. cannot handle it. The number of machines, they have about 15 machines working now. 15 machines, OPD, we are number about 250. Now, 250 is four hours, four hours. So, sometimes... So, so even if within a day, they can't do they it? They can't do it. Mm. They can, so, they, we have, they have categorized us. Somebody will go on Monday, somebody will go on Tuesday, somebody will go on Wednesday, four hours. A day... The at most that they can do is about four sessions. Now, we have people on admission, a number of them. They also did it. So if they work with the OPD small, they have to go and work with the, um, the, those on admission. So, so the private sector will need to come in to absorb them because most of the private centers have about 30 or 40 patients. Mm, mm. This is not Kulibu, yeah. and I cannot speak for them. I'm talking about Kulibu. We are talking about 250. And by the time we go, it's about five months, some days now. I'm sure by now, the new cases that they've done, they are normally about 100 plus. Which they will come and join with the OPDO. So 300 more we are going. So something drastically has to be done about this thing. You should look at the private sector, assist them, give them tax waivers so that the thing can come down. So they can also be absorbed. Somebody does not want to come on air to come and talk about this. People are hiding it. I keep saying we have a lot of big men amongst us. You cannot mention names. We see them, we talk. You cannot mention them. So if he has got his money, he can just simply go to a private sector and do it. Case closed. So they should look at that one too. We are just begging them. And brother, people are dying. You know, 19 solid gone from me up to now. So let, let me give you an opportunity again, uh, at least. And, and that's all we can do uh, from our side and also trying to uh, solicit support from whichever quarters it will come from to support your group. But if you had the opportunity once more of speaking to the conscience of the health minister, uh, the president, 
and all those who matter, you know, just to make a difference in this case. What, what would that message be? Um, you see, accept, uh, it, it can happen to anybody. Nobody knows tomorrow. So once again, all that I can tell them that we beg them is to open their place and make it more accessible. Secondly, I think the most important thing, I might not be the perfect person to avoid, right. is to look at the taxes on the consumables and the machine. Because now, kidney is very common. Very, very common. I, I mean, we have a nine-year-old boy on the machine. Mm. We have 13. We have 16. When you take those people out, the age range is normally, I think it's between 20 to 30 years. You can check the bracket there. So it can happen to anybody. So they should look at the taxes. I'm just begging the minister, if maybe he's hearing me. They should once yeah, again... If it's not, he, he should be hearing you by now. I once again, they should look at the taxes component on the consumables and the machine so that the private sector can absorb most of this thing, so that there will not be much pressure on um, Kolibu and maybe other dialysis centers. So he said, please, we are just, they should look at the taxes on the component again. Mm. And in the meantime, you're also calling on uh, you know, benevolent individuals who might yes. want to support? Yes, mm. yes. The other day I said it. Yes. I said it. Please, once again, um, the big churches, Church of Pentecost, ICGC, Duncan Williams, whatever, whatever church, we are just begging them. They should take one Sunday, all the money they will collect, they should come and give it to Kolibu Rena unit, so that at least it will bring the pressure down. We know it's not that easy, but the less that they can do, once again, let me thank uh, um, Prof. Bwedin Amiche. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Bwedin uh, He has done his bit, but Oliver asked for more, if he can still do more. Oh, you still want more, him to oh, yeah, support some more? more. Right. People are dying, you know. Mm. The accessibility, is I mean, for, for the dialysis. Now, the fistula is 7,000. If your fistula gets poor and you need to redo, it's 7,000. The neckline now is between, between 4,000. The femoria is around 2,000. So we still need money. We still need money. So we are begging all those churches, Ibrahim, Mama, and Co., please come to our aid. Mm. We beg them. Uh, and, of course, uh, that, that's been our uh, job here at Joy News, trying to support the Renal Patients Association. You could come over to Joy News um, and, of course, pledge your support, whichever way you feel you can support this group, and uh, just do that. And, of course, uh, we will partner you along that uh, journey, but uh, grateful, Kuju, that you're spending some time uh, with us here uh, on the poll. So you need to support them. Uh, we're also asking government to try as much as possible to come through and to support this good cause. Uh, we're asking for the OPD, at least, at Kolebu to be open uh, so more and more people can have access um, to the dialysis treatment. Okay, uh, let's move to environment now because uh, the Environmental Protection Agency uh, is indicating it's... Uh, you know, role to uh, contribute to Ghana's nationally determined contribution. We'll tell you more about that and the role the EPA intends to play as the world uh, moves uh, to COP20 later this month. You're watching The Pulse. We'll be right back. Please stay. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mommy, chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top, life we got. 
Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. too small a bad stomach ruins your day don't let it take gastron your most effective antacid for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer heartburn gas pain flatulence and indigestion hey guys what are you waiting for let's go let's go can you bring down the smiles more (laughs) gastron effective relief from stomach discomfort manufactured and distributed by ns chemist limited this advertisement has been written approved by the fbi the 2023 Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is more than an exhibition. It's the gateway to your dream home. Don't miss this chance to make informed decisions about every aspect of your living space. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. We are bringing everything housing under one roof just for you. See you there. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plan City Extension Project from Citizen Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough, Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution, DBS, your roof experts, Virtual Infosec Africa, Security Solutions by Design, St. Gobain, Making the World a Better Plan, Clifton Homes, Beautiful Homes, Wise Investments, The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited.
And thanks for staying with us. The Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, says it is working to meet Ghana's nationally determined contribution at tackling climate change. The significant uh, change in the variation of the average weather conditions is due to climate issues, uh, a reason uh, for uh, the state and non-state actors uh, to converge in the United Arab Emirates uh, this month. For the COP28 summit ahead of the event, the United Arab Emirates mission in Ghana says it is embarking on a tree planting exercise to complement Ghana's green agenda. The United Arab Emirates is hosting the 28th Conference of Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change in November 2023 to unite countries around the world in the fight against climate change ahead. Of that summit, the embassy of the United Arab Emirates says it has commenced a tree planting exercise aimed at complementing Ghana's green agenda. We are planting the Gulf tree as a gesture of a cooperation and keenness to strengthen the ties. For the first time, my country is hosting the COP28, the COP28, which is the conference of the climate change. For the first time ever in COP events, there, there will be a review of progress, assess the limit of global warming, known as the global stock take. And because of the close bilateral relation between the UAE and, and Ghana, I'm pleased to announce that the UAE exceptionally granted Ghana a pavilion within the blue space region. Henry Kobna Kokofo, director of the Environmental Protection Agency, who joined in the tree planting exercise in Accra, indicated to join news that President Akufado is leading Ghana's effort at meeting the nationally determined contribution towards tackling the climate crisis. Well, Ghana has a common voice. Our president, Nanado Danko Akufado, has led the onslaught on reformation on the global financial architecture where assessing funds will be made more easy, where um, funds will be channeled to the needy, uh, which of course we, the vulnerable countries, who through no fault of ours are suffering most. Mayor of Accra, Elizabeth Saki, who also joined in planting some Mediterranean trees in Accra, underscored the need to plant more trees in support of the green agenda. Personally determined contributions, the actions of programs towards um, alleviating the climate menace all boils down to funding. So climate financing has been a critical issue. Ghana's high-life musician Ochami Kwame, who has been using his art and music to communicate the need for climate action, says there is a need for the world to join hands in tackling the crisis. I'm looking forward to real, real development. I'm looking forward to youth involvement. I'm looking forward to actions. I am looking forward to collaboration. I'm looking forward to learnings. I'm looking forward to impact. Yes, climate um, conversation or climate consciousness um, has not gone down as much as I would wish. So let us all get involved, mentally, um, health-wise, everything. And especially also to lower the echo and anxiety of the youth. Okay, so all that I want to say is that the climate um, conversation or climate consciousness um, 
has not gone down as much as I would wish. So let us all get involved. Media. Um, once we talk about gossip a little bit, let us spend, next year is a year of election. If a politician comes to say vote for them and they don't have sustainability and climate change in their manifesto, don't vote for them. <laughs> COP28 will highlight the need for finance, which will emerge as a pivotal cross-cutting theme for all stakeholders in the summit come November. And two South African uh, nationals have embarked on a motorcycle journey from Pretoria, South Africa, through 20 African countries, including Ghana to Madrid, Spain, to raise awareness and funds to deal with the uh, scarcity of portable water in rural African communities. Having uh, covered over 10,000 kilometers so far, the duo arrived in Ghana and have been interacting with uh, students of Achimoto School, emphasizing the importance of community service. Carlos Caloni has the rest of the story. Expedition H2O Ride for Water, two friends, Dr. Jean Cooper and Dr. DeWitt Osterzen, started a 16,000-kilometer motorcycle journey from Pretoria on September 16, 2023. They are traveling along the west coast of Africa, passing through about 20 African countries, including Ghana. Dr. Jean Cooper, an organizational psychologist and the chief people and culture officer at FinTech Company, Direct Transat, explained that the objective of the journey is to create awareness of portable water scarcity in deprived communities and raise 3.2 million rand towards building over 100 portable water storage facilities in Africa. We started Botswana, Namibia, Angola, DRC, Kabinda, Congo. Cameroon, Nigeria, uh, Benin, Togo, now we are in Ghana. So for this journey, we intend to, we say, if we journey 16,000 kilometers, we intend to raise 200 South African rands per kilometer. It's 3.2 million rand, which will be enough to install 100 rainwater tanks that can give water to 4,800 people. Met on arrival in Ghana by the Deputy Minister of Education, John Tim Fojo, the two visited and interacted with students of Achimoto School. As an acclaimed emergency medicine doctor from Wangaratta in the Australian outback, Dr. DeWitt encouraged the young Achimoto students not to get distracted by the current obstacles but should remain focused on their goals. We had a great opportunity here at Akimoto to interact with the students, um, to hear their questions as well, and their interests and their, their passion with um, what they intend on trying to do with their lives and future and stuff. For us, one of the biggest things is on, on this trip is keep on going. There's lots of obstacles, stuff you can't plan for, um, the same as in, in life. And what's become quite apparent is that these students are also experiencing obstacles and problems and trying to kind of work through that, keeping your eye on the end goal, um, focusing on that rather than just getting blinded by the problem right at the moment. Commending the two for their life-impacting journey, Deputy Minister of Education John Tim Fordway reiterated the government's commitment to improving STEM education in the country. Science, technology, engineering, mathematics, emphasis is, is something that, that we are very excited about. The Minister for Education, Dr. El Seduchum, has that as his priority. And interestingly, what motivates us is that the President, His Excellency, Nanando Danko Kufuando and the Vice President themselves are inspiring us to change the face of our education system, place emphasis on STEM, 
and ensure strategically we're able to have 60% STEM and 40% humanity at tertiary. And so that we, we, we are very poised on ensuring that right at um, teenage years, right at the younger years, we have the skills of biomedical engineering, aviation, uh, computer science, computer engineering, creativity, critical thinking, and invention imbibed in our students. Some students of Achimoto School also express their appreciation to the duo for their impactful interactions. In every walk of life, you need to put your head or put your eyes to the goal and not just forget about the obstacles around you and you'll be well off to go. That's what I'm taking off from this amazing meetup. The deal is leaving Accra for Cape Coast to Madrid, where they hope to raise 3.2 million rand to support the water project. Carlos Caloni, Joy News. Now, Member of Parliament uh, for the Dafiama Busi's uh, constituency, uh, that's uh, Dr. Sebastian uh, Sandari, has lashed out at the government for refusing to fix the uh, Dafiama uh, Sanwi Road. Uh, the road uh, was among some of the major road networks in the Upper West region that was washed away by violent uh, flash floods in 2021. Uh, he indicates the roads and highways uh, minister. In answering a question on the road in Parliament, promised to fix it in two weeks, but no construction work has begun. Join us as Upper West uh, Regional Correspondent Rafiq Salam now reports. The Dafiama Dakia Sunway Road was among the roads that were cut off on August 12, 2021, by violent flash floods in the Upper West Region. 15 million Ghana cities was allocated by the government to fix the affected roads in the region. Construction work on the emergency roads were awarded to four contractors who they all executed and opened to traffic in less than a month. The Dafiema Dache Sangway Road that links the community to other parts of the Dafiema Bure Isa district and the Giriba municipality were however left off from the emergency projects. Residents are now left to their own fate. Member of Parliament for the famous Bureisa, Dr. Sebastian Sandare, Chesise Rose and Highways Minister, Kusia Mankwata, and Upper West Region Minister, Dr. Afiz Binsali, for using a helicopter to have an aerial view of the area without touching down to see the deleterious effects of the flash flash on the people living on the ground and under squalid conditions. They did not touch down to really see for themselves the problems of the people. So they never got to this part of the Fiema, this part of the road. And they left. Whatever temporary intervention that came, this route was not considered. They did the somber one and the middle one and left. So since August 2021, meaning it's more than two years, there has not been any intervention by government for this route. To add insult to injury, there are no road signs to alert motorists and drivers about the danger on the road. The feeder roads people that are in charge, where they have come or not, at least even if the road is not being worked upon, we expected that there should be some signs 
this is a very dangerous spot. But there should be some signs to indicate that authorities are aware that it is a dangerous spot. So when you are coming and you get to this place, be careful. But as we can see and as your cameras can capture, if you are not familiar with this road, you may, you may, you may run straight into any of these big holes. And two young men, two young men of this village, fell inside this water and perished because of the bad nature of, of, of the road. Almost every week, somebody from somewhere falls inside here, get wounded and treated. Dr. Sebastian Sandara said he has never relented on his quest for the road to be fixed, penciling the various officers that he has been to, including the DBI District Assembly, Federal Department, and also posing an agent question in Parliament for the road minister to respond to. The Minister for Roads and Highways, in answering my question in Parliament, gave me two weeks that within two weeks, government was going to work on this road. It's been more than a year, two years. So three weeks have turned into three years. And I want the Minister of Roads and Highways to now see me. I'm at the very point, the very location that my question in Parliament was talking about. Since the violent floods floods 26 months ago, economic activities and healthcare delivery in the area has grounded to a halt, whilst attendance of schools by pupils is erratic. Parents who wish to have their children at school on rainy days have to swing them across the road that has now turned into a valley. Farm produce are also locked up at the farms as a result of the motorable road. We passed through here to go and treat ourselves at Gapa Hospital. But because of that, people find it difficult to cross, particularly in the rainy season. Also, here is a very busy farming community. How to transport our produce to go and sell at the market is another challenge. Our students are not spared. So if there is a, any heavy downpour, the children cannot go to school. And it's actually affecting every aspect of our life. Mind you, work on the other major roads were completed within a month and open to traffic, but this road hasn't seen an inch of blade of work by any contractor. The people are however wondering whether this road was deliberately neglected by the government or was not part of the 15 million Ghana cities allocated for the fixing of the emergency roads. Reporting for your news, Rafik Salam, Dafiyama. Well, we stay within the Dafiyama uh, Bursa area because the district chief executive uh, for the uh, area has denied the accession of the MP that government has deliberately neglected the people of the area, uh, stating that plans are far advanced to fix the road. 
we have been directed and we sent estimates to the Ministry of Roads and Highways so that they will come and fix the roads for us. In fact, the minister promised, but then you can also understand that you don't always have all the resources that you need available to you because you could see that the minister uh, uh, worked swiftly to work on some of the roads that were cut. And as I talked to you, some of the roads which were left, the assembly, this assembly, we using the common fund, have also fixed the Tabiesu Road. We've also fixed the Gunua Jimpense section. By similar with the Jimpense uh, Chala section, it's also led with the Dafiama Barre section, which is the Dafiama Dachia section. Then it's also led with the Chaba Busei section. These are left. And we, as a district assembly, we are still waiting for our resources, especially the common fund, when it comes, we're going to continue. So it is not that somebody has left it and has left the people to their own fate. If that is the case, we will have gone there to do the estimate. Are we going to have a road fixed? I am telling you, you see, resources are such that, you see, normally you anticipate resources, like us, I'm standing. I don't know when we will get money. Anytime money comes, and as I alluded to you, I said some of the road were left. One is the Tabiasi road, one is the Bayiri one. We have fixed the Bayiri section, Bayiri to Jim Pensing. It's been fixed temporarily. We also fixed the Tabiasi one temporarily using common fund. And we are saying that the next batch of common fund that will come, we're going to also award the other ones. Depending on how much we receive, we're going to tackle them one after the other. So I cannot just say tomorrow, tomorrow, next we are going to fix it. But plans are far advanced. And you, Rafik, you are a very seasoned journalist. You can do your research to see whether we have done estimates, to see whether we have this letter I've talked about, whether I've written, to see whether I've moved myself to the Ministry of Roads and Highways and have, have engagement with them with regards to these roads. And you can also find out from the Ministry of Roads and Highways what they are doing, what resources they have, and what is in their plan. So normally, sometimes, we politicians, we should be very careful because when you see you are failing, don't try to put your failure and hit the heads of people against each other. It's so unfortunate. A law lecturer at uh, Gimpa Law School, George Bafo Asari Free, has made a strong case for a uh, sort of uh, supranational government within the West Africa sub region to pursue a common agenda for the good of the people. Key amongst the proposal includes the establishment of a common market in a single currency as well as a common central bank for security and economic independence. Speaking at a workshop series, uh, at uh, the Gimpa Law School Thursday, Mr. Saria Free indicated that a supranational government is the surest way that the SAP region could become industrialized and co compete with the likes of the European Union. There's more in this report. The court should also have the power to issue binding judgments and orders that the Commission or other mechanisms can enforce. Three, developing a common market and a monetary union for the region by harmonizing trade mr serefrie was speaking at a workshop dubbed giving ECOWAS a teeth a case of supranational government for the west african sub region he called on contemporary african leaders to commit to the cause of a sub-regional government by ceding off part of their sovereignty for the realization of a supranational government various governments have to cede some of their sovereignty to this body 
This is because I'm of the opinion that ECOWAS does not have the teeth to bite. So regarding most of these policies, they are not able to implement. Beyond the potential economic benefits, Mr. Asarefriye believes security architecture of member countries will be strengthened if they are successful at implementing a sub-regional government. Fostering a common foreign and security policy for the region, coordinating diplomatic actions, positions, and representations among member states on sub-regional and international issues and establishing a common defense and security mechanisms that can respond to threats and threats as well and challenges to peace and stability in the sub-region. He says the countries might as well scrap existing blocks if they are unwilling to pursue a sub-regional government. And we do not get rid of this by having this supranational organization or supranational government to see to the enforcement of the various policies that we have, the various protocols, the various treaties that we have, then it's better we just scrap ECOWAS. The next step for Mr. Sarefriye is to make copies of the presentation available to the ECOWAS Commission and other relevant organizations. South African uh, mission to Ghana insists that their country is safe uh, as the visa waiver agreement comes into force. There have been uh, many uh, xenophobic attacks uh, in the past uh, weeks uh, and also uh, in the past years uh, with many prospective travelers fearing uh, for their lives. Uh, very recently, a priest was attacked and kidnapped. In spite of these uh, developments, the Commission to Ghana says that the country is safe and is encouraging Ghanaians to take advantage of the 90-day visa waiver. Michael Ashali reports. a day for the South African mission in Ghana as the much-anticipated visa waiver agreement kicks in. Deputy Ambassador to Ghana Tando Dalamba says this is a significant step for both countries and a step closer to making Africa borderless. So we are entitled for 90 days to be in South Africa. How you use those 90 days, it depends. Oh, it depends on you. Whether you use it five days, ten days, twenty days, then but it must be ninety days in a year. I think other African leaders will follow suit. But it's within the AU agenda to have borderless, you say, continent. He explains that with the right documentation, any Ghanaian can travel to South Africa for at most ninety days without a visa. It's a valid etiquette. A valid passport that is six months. You see, that is valid for six months before you apply. Um, the yellow fever certificate. You see, like in any other country, even here in Ghana, when you come, the immigration officers and police at Kotoka, I've experienced it. A series of assaults on foreign nationals, often termed as xenophobic attacks, have been reported, notably in the week prior to the agreement launch. A Ghanaian priest was kidnapped and subsequently released after several days. Security stands as top concern for many contemplating a visit to South Africa. Deputy Ambassador to Ghana, Tando Dalamba, assured the country is safe. 
Uh, in our minds that uh, this thing is going to happen, our police, together with the Ghanaian authorities, they will make it a point that the pastor is back. Yes, South Africa, it's safe. But like in any other country, I'm not trying to defend the question of whether crime or not. Like in any other country, when you visit, you take those precautionary measures. And another thing, criminals. They take advantage of the situation at times, you see. Like in any other country, they will take a situation. But we are like to appeal to the Ghanaians, when they go to South Africa, they must really, really take precautionary measures, not to travel alone, to travel in groups at least. I think it will be safer in that way. So where should you visit in South Africa? And what should you do as well? Head of South Africa's Tourism West Africa, Takizo Rokolo Jane, has some ideas. So the waiver has an, 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 an enormous impact on the two countries. One thing that I can guarantee you, your entry point is Gauteng in Johannesburg. So already I can tell you there's a lot more things to do. I'm from Soweto myself. So you do not want to miss Soweto. Go and find out where Nelson Mandela's house was. Desmond Tutu. Go and meet the Sowetans in their hometown. And you might be you know, lucky to meet one or two Ghanaians there. Trust me, a lot of Ghanaians do visit that part. Go to the apartheid museum, you know, go to Sun City. The commission hopes that both Ghanaians and South Africans will not overstay their welcome. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz uh, visited Nigeria and Ghana as part of his uh, government's continuing efforts to develop economic ties and partnership in Africa. Well, it's uh, bringing DW's Atta. Sullivan uh, in Berlin, who's uh, joining us uh, with more now uh, with a comprehensive view of the uh, visit. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, look at, you know, the time of uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Ghana and uh, Nigeria. Um, what, what has he been doing during this uh, visit? As we know, uh, he's rounded off and is off uh, to Germany. Well, the big focus of Olaf Scholz's visit to West Africa has been the deepening of economic and security ties, and he's visited two countries, Ghana and Nigeria. In Ghana, Scholz spoke of the need for Germany and the EU, indeed, to help improve security in West Africa by providing training and equipment to support operations there against several jihad insurgencies in the region. And Scholz referenced the many coups which have recently taken place across West Africa and in other parts of Africa. Now, Scholz called Ghana a beacon of hope in terms of democracy in the continent, and he emphasised that it could become an increasingly important partner for Germany, particularly in the fields of energy, agriculture and digitalisation. Scholz was also in Nigeria earlier this week. Of course, that's a hugely important and influential country in economic terms and otherwise in Africa, and the focus there was unsurprisingly on trade and economic ties. Now, during bilateral talks with the Nigerian president, Bola Tinubu, the leaders discussed the possible export of gas from Nigeria to Europe and the chance for Germany to invest in Nigeria's mining sector. Germany has been trying to find new energy partners since Russia invaded Ukraine and Berlin has also increasingly been looking into the possibility of Africa as a major energy partner in several regards into the future. Scholz's uh, third three, uh, trip, as we understand, to the sub-Saharan parts of uh, Africa in two years. Uh, what does this tell us about, you know, the region's uh, growing importance to Germany? 
Indeed, three trips to Africa in the two years since he became Chancellor. That really shows how keen he and the German government have been to expand and improve its relations with countries on the continent. Now, the context in which this is happening as well is important. Later this month, towards the end of November, Germany will host a meeting of African and G20 countries in Berlin, and that's part of Germany's so-called Compact with Africa. Germany and its companies want to develop new connections and relations with African countries. They really want to start focusing on as they've called it, the North-South relationship in terms of European-African relations. And energy, as we've said already, is a really important part of this focus. Many African nations are oil and gas rich, and Germany only knows too well how its dependence on one source of energy, namely Russian gas, cost it. So it needs to diversify its partners in energy, and another area which Schultz mentioned is hydrogen energy. He says that African countries have a real chance for growth in this climate change focused area of hydrogen energy into the future. Mm. Uh, right, and we know that Germany's uh, head of state uh, himself has also visited Africa this week. Uh, what's the sig- significance of this visit? Indeed, so the German president, the head of state, so not as powerful as Olaf Scholz, but a very important figure politically. He's in Tanzania for a few different reasons. Economic relations are important, like they are with Scholz's visit, and Steinmeier will also visit Zambia. But the most important reason why he's there is surely to discuss and confront Germany's colonial legacy in Tanzania and the atrocities that it committed during the period of German rule in the country from 1885 to 1918. Now, this is particularly significant because Germany has taken big steps in recent years to address its colonial legacy in Namibia, but until now, not in Tanzania. Of particular focus here is the German acts during the Maji Maji rebellion between the years 1905 and 1907, when several tribes banded together to try and rise up against the colonial power Germany. Now, the German army crushed the rebellion at that time, and experts say that up to 300,000 people died as a result of the actions of Germany at that time. Now, on Wednesday, Steinmeier visited the southern Tanzanian city of Songea, where he asked for forgiveness for the actions of Germany. He said he was ashamed of the past, and he told the relatives of the victims that Germany plans to work with the descendants in the future and now indeed. Another issue he promised to address the repatriation of remains which were brought from East Africa and used in anthropological collections in museums in Germany. He emphasised that would be very difficult to accomplish, but that he would do his best. And along with that visit from Scholz, which we discussed earlier, this all adds up to a really serious diplomatic and economic overture on the part of Germany towards Africa. Other, thank you. Back home, Erastus Saridonko, the reigning GJA Journalist of the Year, continues to bask in glory for his extraordinary works uh, that have won him the Covertius Award at the just-ended Ghana Journalist Awards. The multimedia uh, journalist spent some time with some students and staff of the uh, Angels, especially School International at Tema Community 12, where he educated them on the eels of illegal mining. He therefore used the opportunity to call on the students and teachers to become ambassadors to fight against illegal mining. We see Guy Quating was there and now reports.
It was a resounding welcome for Multimedia's Erastus Asaldonko, the GJA Journalist of the Year 2022 at the Angel Specialist School International at the Tema Community Talk. The meeting was to appreciate the exploit of the award-winning journalist, especially in the area of illegal mining. On behalf of the school, Irene Drew, Head of Primary and Programs Coordinator, congratulated the Multimedia Journalist for the outstanding achievement. Erastus Asaldonko Multimedia Group for winning the PAV and some journalists of the year. It's a privilege to have a great journalist amongst us. Addressing the gathering who were full of admiration for his works, Erastus narrated what motivated him to take up the dangerous challenge of exposing ills of illegal mining. We also get poisonous chemicals from mining. Some of those uh, chemicals are mercury, arsenic, cadmium, lead. You've heard of them, right? In your science class. But they are very poisonous if they should get into your system. God, in his own wisdom, buried them deep within the earth's crust. But when we mine and we use excavators and heavy equipment, we bring them all up. And so when the wind blows, we see the dust around. Some of them carry heavy metals. You'll never see there was also the viewing of the award-winning documentary poison for gold where students were allowed to ask questions later we sought to find more answers deep inside the greens of chifu kotochi and chifu etimokwa old town in the chifu etimokwa district of the central region excavators are digging deep my question is what can we do to help campaign against the galamsi you know, words spread very fast. So you start spreading the word. That's what you can do. So tell your parents in the house, today we watched something, a documentary on illegal mining. It's affecting us. And ask your dad, what can you do to stop it? The program's coordinator explained to Joy News how the school intends to join the fight against illegal mining. So the campaign is hashtag stop illegal mining. The school is going to champion it, is going to spread the news. We are going to see how we can affiliate this to our Global Perspective project so that we spread the news. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Some students shared what they have learned and how they will support the fight against the menace. I have learned that illegal mining or galamsey causes harm to mothers and unborn babies. It causes their children to have deformities when they are born. Like some of them don't have genitals, and that is really harmful. I'm going to help my school start a campaign against illegal mining so that we can save the lives of children and mothers in this country. We want to um, create this movement to help other people learn about illegal mining. So, hashtag stop illegal mining. Erastus Asaridongo says it is his plan to educate young ones on the dangers of illegal mining so that they become ambassadors for the war against the menace. We see a direct report for Joy News. And indeed, we are all saying no to uh, illegal mining. Now, having lost bitterly to their arch rivals in the 2023 finals of the National Science and Mars Quiz, and going uh, 
Members of uh, the Achimota Science and Mass Quiz team promise uh, the school will bounce back in 2024 to clinch the coveted trophy. Speaking uh, to join News is uh, Carlos Caloni in the company of the entire team of the uh, Kenneth Wahini and Walter uh, Elegba uh, are set that uh, they are going uh, back to the drawing board to look at their mistakes and also uh, which will inspire them, their team, to glory. This is Achimoto School. They have been regular with the National Science and Math Quiz uh, for many years. But for this particular year, 2023, uh, they appear not to have uh, done much uh, in terms of uh, uh, clinching the trophy. Uh, they lost out on that to Presec. After the finals, I think we were not that happy. But then I think days passed by. We recognized that um, we should appreciate what never happened and it was in god's will that it happened so yeah and after the finals the reception has been massive i think the whole school really received as well and everybody has been in support of us after the final i think um our training time was small and so we weren't really um yeah accustomed to a lot of things but then still by god's grace we're able to move to the finals and i think the finals into the radars we rushed a little bit yes so as the team right now we, we are planning on tra- um, transferring whatever that we've learned from the finals and the, um, the nsnq exposure to our juniors now so we're trying to be with them and also help them so that in case they claim the trophy okay, everything is in god's hands but then we're going to work harder and come back stronger. It has really been massive, not only when we came, but when we were also at Kumasi and the National Theatre. The support was really massive, and people were praying for us, encouraging us, and then pushing us forward and onto the finals. And I think that's what has helped us get this far. Okay, I think right now uh, we are going to sit back and then study the contest and then see what worked for us, what didn't work for us, see how we can improve upon ourselves and we'll come back, surely we'll come back better next year. I'm not scared of physic. If I was scared, I wouldn't uh, compete in that finals. So I just want to see that we are coming back stronger next year and we'll see what happens. And now, uh, lower primary uh, pupils from some 20 schools in the Abuakwa South Municipality of the Eastern Region are to be empowered in a newly launched uh, reading marathon dubbed the Readathon Challenge this morning. The initiative by the Kingsley Quizzes in collaboration with the Municipal Education Directorate is to help pupils in the municipality build their reading capabilities from the early stage. The contesting schools, contestants and finalists will be awarded awesomely with gifts ranging from laptops, books, cash prizes, etc. CEO of Kingsley Quizzes, Dr. Kingsley Ajiman, has been explaining the initiative. This is the first time we are doing such an educational intervention program in the municipality. We started with the JHS, where we do math and science quiz for the JHS, spelling challenge for primary school, debate, debate for high school. We do mentorship program also for high school. So we realize that at a very lower level, that is uh, crutch to P3 or basic 3 was lacking or they've been left out. 
So we had this education program quizzes for them. We are very much aware of the, of the results of the national standardization test, where in 2015 the same test was conducted for basic two children. And the result was that 98% of Ghanaians or Ghanaian children in basic two could not read. This was not a pleasant news at all. In 2022, the same test was also conducted, and 64% still cannot read. This is not something that anybody should be excited about, hence this intervention. And it is not strange that it is happening, the maiden of it is happening in the Bokwa South municipality. I mean, the Bokwa South has a hallmark or has a trajectory of being the first in almost everything. So uh, this is one of the educational interventions from the stables of the Kingsley quizzes. Teachers of some participating schools say the quiz and all the award it comes with will help the learners make reading a hobby. They want parents and colleague teachers to take advantage of the initiative to empower their pupils. Ah, this quiz is going a long way to help them because it's a whole package. We'll be teaching them pronunciations, they'll be doing spellings, reading as well. So it will go a long way to help them. It will increase their vocabulary and a whole lot. It's going to help them very well because it's a reading program. And you're not going to start with the phonetics. So it's going to help them in their reading, their vocabulary, and how to speak English fluently. My name is Mauli Joshua. I'm from KPC Demonstration Basic. Um, we are here to witness the launching of uh, Kingsley Widatun. Um, this program has come to help our case. Because in our various schools, there is a new initiative from DES, which is T2E, which has really helped the kids in reading and then how to spell um, some basic words. So today, I'm sure this program that doctor has initiated or launched will help the kids to be able to read very well and read fluently. And it's going to help the kids very well. Indeed, uh, these children need to read and right, but that's all we have for you in this package of the Paul and Blessed Soga. Log on to myjoyonline.com. We have lots of stories for you there. Next is Let's Talk Showbiz. Thanks for your time.